Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today is my co-host, Nick Costco. Welcome, Nick. Hey, thanks a bunch for having me again. Looking forward to uh, what we're going to do here for the next few weeks. Absolutely. So just to give the audience uh, an insight to what Nick's talking about is we are going to rerun three of our kind of key um, podcast episodes, just kind of a reminder um, Tom Hopkins, a great sales trainer, said uh, a champion goes back to the basics at least once a year. So this is going back to the basics in a couple of different areas, right? And it's it's this time of year when we are, we can see the end of the year from here, right? We're not there yet, but we can see it. Right. And we've right. got to make sure that we not only get to the end of the year, hit our goals, accomplish everything that we set out to in 2021, but set ourselves up for the future to get yeah. even go even higher and, and better. And I can't think of a better way to start it off this three episode uh, relook as with Bob Berg, the go giver. That's right. So Bob Berg is the author of the go giver. It's a book Jim and I read at least once a year. It's got, uh, he outlines his five laws of stratospheric success. So uh, without further ado, Jim, Here's one of the best books that either one of us know about, right? That's right. Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and I'm so excited today to have really a great author, a great speaker, uh, a great podcaster. Uh, it's a great podcast we'll talk about. And it's one of my favorite books. I mean, he's written a lot of books, but the one that sticks out so much in my head has changed my life is The Go-Giver. And with me today is Bob Berg. Bob, welcome. Hey, thanks, Jim. Thank you for having me. You're you're absolutely welcome. It's it's an honor to get to talk to you and to interview you. And um, you know, we talk about the Go Giver a lot on this show, and I talk to my clients and my friends about the Go Giver a lot. And um, but let's let's just start off to know a little bit more about you, Bob. Tell us just a little bit about you. You're in you're in Jupiter. Yeah, Jupiter, Florida, a um, a suburb, northern suburb of West Palm Beach. Grew up in uh, cold Massachusetts oh, yeah. and got down here as fast as I could. The warm weather suits my style. You know, it does me too. I have a friend who's uh, in Las Vegas and he wants to move out here and he says, oh, that humidity. I said, I'm just telling you, I, uh, I the Midwest is as humid or more humid than here. I'm just telling yeah. people that, but... Uh, it's, uh, I live in, uh, just North of Naples. And, uh, um, so it, it's been real hot though lately, but anyway, let's talk about the go-giver. How'd that book come about? I mean, tell, you know, tell us a little bit about your background or how that, you know, what, what molded you to write the go-giver? Well, I began in broadcasting first in, in radio sports and then actually television news. I was the late night news guy at a uh, very, very small ABC affiliate in the, in the Midwest. Uh, and I really wasn't long for that because I wasn't really that good at it. And I, fi I found myself what I call graduating into sales. Um, 
Now, the challenge with that was that I knew nothing about sales. I had never had any formal training in the company I was with. Their training was, we'll say, negligible at best. And when I say negligible, I mean non-existent. So I was pretty much on my own and I floundered for you know a few months. I mean, I was just, I'd knock on doors, I'd make calls, I'd do everything, you know, talk, get in front of someone. And when I finally did, it would just blah, 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 blah about my product or so, you know, everything wrong, right, that, that you could do other than making lots of calls and <laughs> knocking on doors. But I had what Jim Rohn would call the motivation, but not the information. And so right. you got to have both, you know? <laughs> and so uh, oh, I remember, and this is almost 40 years ago now, uh, I remember being in a bookstore and saw a sales section, which totally took me back because I had no idea such a thing existed. A sales section in a bookstore, what, uh, I, there are books about sales? I mean, I really had no idea we would take it for granted these days, but um, so I, I got a couple of books. One was by Tom Hopkins. One was by Zig Ziglar, a couple of legends, of course. And, you know, I, I took those books home and I studied them. And I mean, every night after work, I would study them well into the wee hours of the morning. I would highlight, I'd underline, I'd practice, I'd drill, I'd rehearse, I would go over again. And within a few weeks, my sales really began to go through the roof. Now, the interesting thing is there was really no difference in me three weeks earlier than there was three weeks later, other than I now had a methodology uh, or a system that I was following. And to this day, I I define, personally, I define a system as the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. In other words, if it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desired result of B, then you know that all you need to do is A and continue to do A and continue to do A, and eventually you'll get the desired result of B. So that gave me a lot of hope. The neat thing, though, about sales was I, I was discovering two things. One was that even more than just knowing the how-tos, which, of course, are important, was really the personal development that came along with it. So I started getting all the books, and I'm sure you have on your bookshelf as well, the Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People and Hill's Think and Grow Rich and, and uh as a man thinketh and psycho cybernetics is all the, and it really started to make a big difference in my personal life as well. Uh, the other thing I learned was that when it came right down to it, sales isn't the great salesmanship is never about the salesperson. It's about the other person. It's about that yeah. person whose life you're trying to touch through your product or service. So uh, eventually I was sales manager of a company. And after that, uh, I started speaking, I, I started actually, I, I had uh, attended a seminar, bought the person's cassette tape programs, that's how long ago this was, and at the end, he had an offer for those who wanted to learn how to speak to and sell his tapes to contact their office, and so I, I did, and, and they showed me how to speak at you know, civic clubs, groups, organizations, these were all for free, but at the end, I'd sell the tapes, and I think I was their top guy, whatever they called it, distributor or uh, whatever it was in the country. And I just learned a system and, and I did it. But really, I, I went out on my own because I realized it was something that I was able to bring to the table. And that was how to create relationships with people that would help people to begin to develop what I call the know, like, and trust relationships that lead to sales and referrals. And so I had a book called Endless 
referrals came out in the 90s. And yeah. the subtitle was network because it was about networking, network your everyday contacts uh, into sales. Now, this is back in the day when I think there were three books on networking. Mine was one of them. Right. So that was a good break. And so yeah. that was, you know, <laughs> now, of course, there are tons of them and they're, they're great. I mean, I, I yeah. read as many of them as I can. I learned from all of them. But back then, there weren't, weren't that many. Um, but I had always through the years, uh, even while endless referrals was selling really well, I always read a lot of parables, short stories mm -hmm. with a message. And, you know, as you know, uh, uh, stories tend to really connect on a heart to heart level, which is always the best way of teaching and learning. So I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could take the basic premise of, you know, all things being equal, people do business with, refer business to those people they know, like, and trust and turn that into a parable. So what I thought was entitling it, well, what is the, the, really the essence of a person who's able to both quickly and sustainably create those know, like, and trust relationships? And the answer is they're givers. They're always looking for ways to give value to others. And so the, so it was kind of easy to come up with the name Go-Giver. It's a play off the term Go-Getter, even though the two are not opposite. Uh, they're complementary. We love Go-Getters. Go-Getters are people who take action, all right? Yeah. Go-Givers are people who are, who are totally and absolutely focused on bringing exceptional value to others. So we want people to be Go-Getters and Go-Givers. The opposite of a Go-Giver is a Go-Taker. That person right. feels entitled to take, take, take without adding value to the person, the process, the situation. They, they tend to be disappointed that they don't realize the level of success they feel they deserve, even when they do, and they do sometimes, it's typically not sustainable. And even when it is sustainable, boy, does it take a lot of work to get, get yeah. you pretty much in it by yourself, right? And so, um, and so the, the, but the best thing though, really, Jim, that I did for this book was asking uh, John David Mann to be the co-author and really the lead writer and storyteller. He's, uh, he was the editor-in-chief of a magazine I used to write for at the time. Very few people knew of his genius, but fortunately I was one of them. And I asked John to uh, do that. And then, you know, I knew he could, I'm a how-to author. I'm step one, step two, step three. You can probably tell that from our first, you know, few minutes. Uh, right. John is a magnificent storyteller and writer. So we collaborated on that. And that's really how The Go-Giver uh, came about. That's awesome. You know, um, there's, he has a book called the, the slight edge. Yeah. Co-authored that with, um, uh, Oh my goodness. Was it Jeff Olson? I, yeah. Yeah. Olson, yeah. Yeah. That's a great book. Yeah. Too. Oh. yeah that's, uh, um, I, I love that book too. I, I love to read and, or, and I, I've been listening to books, um, as I've been riding my bike down here in Florida during this crazy, uh, virus, um, thing going on here, uh, everywhere. But, you know, you, you mentioned books about networking in the nineties. Do you remember a book? Uh, Dr. Tom Stanley had a book that was networking with the affluent. Yeah, sure. It, it was a textbook that he had. I think he's a, he was a, he's a, uh, or he was a professor down at Georgia. Yeah, my friend Terry Brock took his classes. Terry's another speaker and writer. And really, uh, yeah, and he, and he took Dr. Stanley's class. Yeah. Yeah. So I always tell people, um, you know, when The Millionaire Next Door uh, came out and they said, well, that's Dr. Tom. I said, no, no, the, the selling to the affluent and networking to the affluent were textbooks that were like this thick. I have them and I, uh, uh, I have them and, and, and I, and I have your networking book in my, in my, uh, 
South Dakota. I have a house in South Dakota as well. And so I, I have, I have a bigger library up there here in Florida. We're a little bit, uh, uh, lean, um, on the, on the libraries, probably only like 50 or 60 books here. But, uh, um, you know, the, I, what I really like is you said some, some great things, telling stories, you know, we always do that, you know, in the businesses that I run, I try to, I, and I, I, I try to tell our guys, you know, we're not the hero, right? That the that the customer is the hero. We just want to make them, you know, we just want to guide them and coach them. And and it's it's something that is in your book is that I think is so awesome. And you know, one of the um, the the other day, I had a young woman that I sent this book to, and she and she said, "You're my you're my pender." And I said, "I thought that was a great compliment." Like I thought, wow, that's how you think of me. That's amazing. And I got to tell you another guy um, speaks very highly of you. Oh yeah. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, so probably six months ago, or maybe it was last summer, I gave a, a guy, uh, the book and, um, the go giver book. And I gave it to him probably about three o'clock in the afternoon at 10 PM. He sent me a picture of, he had taken a whiteboard and he had written down all of the five laws and what they meant to him. And I mean, and he just made a color coded thing. Wow. And he said, um, I've already told this friend of mine that I'm giving him the book tomorrow. <laughs> and I said, well, why don't you just look, I'll, I'll send him one. You keep, I keep mine, you know, I got notes in it and the highlights and, and things like that. But that's the kind of impact that people have when they read this book. And it's because, you know, people do relate to story and they think, well, you know, okay, I want that. So how do I get it? So maybe like just, you know, for people out there that haven't read the book, give kind of just a, maybe a little overview. And then let's talk about the five laws of stratospheric success and, and maybe how we can use those laws in our crazy world today with this virus, because I really believe that you can't focus on you. You have to focus on everyone else around you to get through this and keep everybody sane and, 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 and uh, thrive on the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it, it it's all based on or around um, a, a premise and the premise is simply that shifting your focus, and this is really the key, it's shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others, understanding that not only is this a, a more pleasant way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. And not for some woo-woo way out there reasons. It actually makes very um, logical, uh, rational sense when you think about it. When you're that person who can take your focus off yourself, right, and mm -hmm. place it on bringing value to others, making their life better, solving their problems, helping them in the way they want to be helped, people feel good about you. People want to get to know you. They begin to like you. They trust you. They want to be a part of your life, a part of your business. They, they want to bring value to you. And of course, you know, everyone, everyone wins that way. But, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because when I speak at a sales conference, I'll often say, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet, right? right? They're not yeah. going to buy from you because you need the money or even because you're a really nice guy or gal who believes in what you do. 
they're going to buy from you only because ultimately they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And in the free market-based economy in which we live, and when I say free market, I simply mean no one is forced to do business with, with anyone else. And in our businesses and everyone watching and listening to this, I guarantee that's how we, there's no one who has to do business with us, okay? Yep. So focusing on the other person and their needs, I mean, what is selling by definition? It's discovering what the other person wants, needs, desires, and helping them to get it. Yeah. That person who can do that, that's, you know, that's the person who's going to be, who's going to be successful. So that's, you know, the basic premise. And around that are five uh, laws that kind of build upon each other, but they're all um, equal in terms of if you take even one out of the equation, it really kind of makes it difficult to succeed to the level that you, that you really could. So let's talk about those laws real quick. Let's just kind of do a quick kind of overview because I want to talk about how they all fit together. So I don't want to take up all of our, because we could probably take up, do a series on each law. You could do a, a podcast. So first law is what? The law of value, which talks really about making the whole experience so fantastic that the other person feels they receive more in value than what they paid while you, of course, make a very healthy profit. Um, you know, it, it, it could be the example of an accountant who, char who does your taxes, charges you $1,000, but they save you $5,000. They save you countless hours of time. They provide you with the security and the peace of mind of knowing that, you know, that it's done correctly. So they gave you, uh, this accountant gave you well over $5,000 in use value in exchange for a $1,000 price. Now, you feel great about it, right? And yep. the accountant made a very healthy profit. But the reason, though, that this happened in the first place, Jim, is because the accountant was not focused on his or her fee. They were focused on bringing immense value to you. This is why we say that money is simply an echo of value. It's the thunder, if you will, to value. <laughs> Excuse me. I love that. All right, second law. This is the law of compensation. And the law of compensation says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment. Law number two tells us that the more people whose lives you touch with the exceptional value you provide, the more money with which you'll be rewarded. The CEO in the story, Nicole Martin, explained to Joe, the protege, that law number one represents your potential income. It's very important, but it's law number two, the number of lives you impact with that value that represents your actual income. Yeah, that's a, you know, it's, as you say this, I go through in my head of the different companies that I run or, or own and, and I can, I can, Every single one of them, I could plug in exactly those two laws. All right, let's go to law number three. Uh, this is the law of influence. And this one says that your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first, which is just what you were talking about earlier. Um, now, let me qualify this. So when we say place other people's interests first, we certainly don't mean you should be anyone's doormat or a martyr mm -hmm. or a self-sacrificial in any way. Absolutely not at all. It's as Joe, the, again, the protege and the story learned from several of the mentors, and as you and I talked about earlier, the golden rule of business, of sales, of networking, is that all things being equal, 
people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Well, there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you and others than by genuinely moving from an I focus or me focus to what we call an other focus, looking to, as Sam, one of the mentors, told Joe, making your win all about the other person's win. You do that and you gain a reputation for doing that and you will amass an army of personal walking ambassadors. Yeah, yeah, that is so true. How about uh, law number four? Yeah, this is the law of authenticity, which says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. Uh, The mentor in this chapter, Deborah Davenport, shared a, a very important lesson and that is that all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and indeed they are very, very important. They're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. But when you do, (laughs) when you show up as yourself, right, day after day, week after week, month after month, people feel good about you. They feel very comfortable with you. They feel safe with you because they know what they're getting. They know who you are, right? And, um, you know, and people are much more likely not only to want to be involved with you and your business, but to refer and introduce you to others. You know, if you're trying that, that's so true, because, you know, in business, it's like if you're trying to be somebody else, that comes through so fast and so fake. And I, I think about you, you mentioned a book uh, that I listened to on cassette tape, uh, driving around Denver, trying to build my career for years was how to master the art of selling anything by Tom Hopkins. And I've gone to Tom Hopkins seminars. And I always thought, I got to be like Tom Hopkins. I got to be like, I don't want to say slick because that's not what I'm saying, but I want I got to be smooth like Tom Hopkins. Like he, he could just, he could have sold me anything, right? Because I, I just listened to him so much. I could, I, if, if I heard his voice in a, in a, in a, uh, uh, an airport or something, I would know exactly who that was even 30 years later. Just a sweetheart of a guy. The, the, Is first, he? Yeah. the first one to help and to, yeah, I, I just yeah. have such great respect for him. But, but, you know, you bring up a great point and I, and let me say this. And I've often said, because we live in a world today where there's sort of a, um, you know, the big guru type, right? Like, in other words, people look at at the the big gurus. I can't stand that. Yeah. But that's what the word is that people use. Uh, Either the self-proclaimed guru or even the others proclaimed guru. And they say, oh, if I can just be that person. But you can't be that person. You can learn from that person. Don't get me wrong. You can learn from them. Adapt their wisdom. Right. Don't try and adopt their personality. Uh, It doesn't work. You know, I I learned a ton from from Tom Hopkins. I learned a ton from Zig Ziglar. I can even imitate Zig Ziglar. You know, you believe that you need a checkup. uh, (laughs) I mean, I love love Zig, but I can never be Zig. I can't be Tom. Yeah. Right? And so we, yeah. we can learn from everyone, but we need to stay true to our authentic core. I would say take the best, leave the rest. Like, I like love take it. You said it better the, than I did, believe me. Is, is, is uh, take the information. Everybody has something to teach you. Yeah. Right. Everybody out there and the people that are willing to teach you, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something like that. It, let's get into the fifth one because I want to talk about this fifth one because I think this is the hardest one and, and the hardest one for me for sure 
and um, and I have some thoughts on it that I want to talk to you about and see where. But uh, tell us the fifth law, Bob. Yeah, and this is the hardest for a lot of people. This is the law of receptivity, and this law says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. Uh, really, what this is saying, Jim, is this: we breathe out. And we breathe in. It's not yeah. one or the other, mm, right? We love breathe that. Out, which is which is we breathe out carbon dioxide, but we also have right. to breathe in oxygen if we're going to survive. Never mind thrive. We breathe yep. out, which is giving. We breathe in, which is receiving. Uh, we hear so many men. We receive so many messages from the world around us about prosperity, about money, about wealth. And I'll just I'll just suggest they are not mixed messages that we hear. They are right. negative messages that we hear. Yeah. OK, if you yeah. if you listen to to so many people, you think if you if you have amassed a lot of money, you had to have done it on the backs of people or you right. something that was a lot of people out. It's a big world. There's people who do things and those who, who take advantage of, you know, when you have industry that, that pays legislators through their K street, um, lobbyists to make mm -hmm. special mm -hmm. rules, laws, or that's not free market capitalism. No, and unfortunately, many people think it is what that is, is cronyism. Yep. And it is absolutely not free market. All of us, we work in, in a free market in terms of, again, no one's forced to buy from us. So we've sure. got to be able to communicate immense value to another human being in order for them to, right? So, yeah. so for those of us and most of the people who you know who've made a lot of money, they did it through serving a lot of people and doing so with excellence. Because remember, nobody has to buy from you. They That's right. do, okay? You know, it's funny because a lot of the uh, people that I've gone into business with were clients of mine. And, you know, the clients that I served and showed how to take over the banking function in their lives. And then we would talk about their business and I'd learn more about their business and learn more about the weaknesses and the strengths in their business and things. And, and, and I would just study and try to learn more and more and more about them and their business and their competitors. And, and then, you know, in, in some cases they've said, well, do you want to be in business with me for in this business? And, and, uh, or, Hey, would you consider being an investor in our business or something? And, and it's always, I've always said yes, because I assume that I'm being, I'm being directed that way for a reason to help them serve their market in a better way. And, you know, if you, if you sit back and all you do is think of how, how does Jim or Bob make the most amount of money and have the most things or whatever wealth, you know, what your creation of wealth is, that's, you know, okay, so you get to enjoy that with you. But if you go out there and impact other people's lives and help them create wealth and help them create businesses and help them serve communities, you know, that's where it's really, it's fun, it's rewarding, and you're serving, you know, and you learn something along the way. Yeah, well, you know, free market capitalism is not about a fixed pie. Free market right. capitalism is about getting together and building bigger and bigger pies and more of them. And that's why it increases true free market capitalism actually increases wealth for the masses. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. And what you've been doing obviously is communicating exceptional value to others. And sometimes through what you say, sure. Other times through what you do, but mostly through who you are. 
because where yeah. character comes into play. Well, and that's where that authenticity, like you said, it's funny because, you know, I'm 54. I, I know I struggled with that in my 20s to try to, you know, wear the right tie and wear the right shoes and, you know, and buy the right watch and try to say, that's who I am, right? And all the time, I always kid, uh, the other day, we had the this webinar uh, in the evening, we had like 100 people on and I asked the, the co-host, I said, hey, what are you going to wear? He says, well, I was thinking about wearing a, a suit and a tie. And, and then he started laughing and he said, you don't own a tie, do you? And I said, I don't. I, I mean, if I, if I, uh, you know, I, I'm in Florida, number one, I, it's casual, you know, and, um, and, and I, I wore a tie for too many years, you know, so I'm just, it's just one of those things I don't want to do anymore. It might be the size of my neck that, that uh, gets in the way of a tie too, Bob. I, believe me, I hear you. <laughs> I can so, um, you know, you mentioned so many great books and, uh, you know, like I said, I, I've, uh, I've, I really thank goodness for audible and I get out on my bike down in here in Florida and I've been going like 30, 35 miles, which is a lot for me. And it's a couple hours that I'm out on my bike and I'm able to, you know, two hours of having somebody read to you while you're out kind of in this moving meditation, mm -hmm. you really learn so much in a week. It's just, it's kind of amazing. You know, what are some of the books that anybody in the audience, obviously I'm just telling everybody, uh, uh, first of all, the go-giver, everybody, if you haven't read it, I'll make a special offer for anybody listening. The first 20 people that email me, I will give you the book free and I will ship it to you immediately because I want everybody to read this book. Now, if you've already read it, don't get the free book. Let somebody that hasn't read it. But uh, what book, what, what's a book that you like to recommend everybody read? Oh, wow. You know, there's so many great ones. Uh, I think Tim Ferriss's uh, Tools of Titans was, yep. was a great book. Ray Dalio's Principles. Yeah. Another one most people haven't heard of, uh, and it's one of the best I've ever read in my life, uh, was by Harry Brown called The Secret of Selling Anything. Uh, it, it was written back in the 60s. He was a best-selling author in a number of areas, econ economics, politics, philosophy. Um, but this book, uh, this book he actually never meant to publish, apparently, because it was uh, two mm. hard drives that uh, after he passed away, his, his wife found. And fortunately, she gave to a, an independent publisher, a, a um, direct response marketer. And he published it, and uh, and he he titled it, and so it was what it really was. It was t it was two men, two small manuscripts that were put together, and it was the first part was was just understanding human nature. Okay, mm. the second part was understanding how great salesmanship totally honored human nature, and. Harry Brown was probably had probably the best understanding of human nature I'd, I'd ever uh, known. And I got a chance to, to meet him for, and, and get to know him for a little bit. And I consider myself totally blessed for that. Uh, real hero of mine. Um, he, uh, uh, yeah, he, he wrote a book that's one of those that, and again, it's written in the sixties. So the language is yeah. a little outdated and things like that, but really just, it's, it's, it's so fantastic. So I'd say those three, another one, which is a, just a great one I read last year. Uh, it was written by a woman by the name of Annie Duke. And Annie was a world champion poker uh, player. 
Yeah, I remember. Right. Yeah. Uh, now I'm not a poker player. I'm a blackjack. Blackjack's the only game I, I table game I even know. I don't even understand poker. You don't you don't have to know poker to for for her book to make sense. Yep. The book is called Thinking in Bets. And I believe the subtitle ah. is something like how to make decisions when you don't have all the facts. And it is one wow. of the, uh, I'd say it's the best book on how to make decisions. And it has kept me from making mistakes that I would have made, you know, uh, before that book. I mean, I, I totally recommend it so highly. And there are so many other books. I mean, I could go right down. The line. Yeah. There are so many that are just amazing that, I love I love your your bookshelf in the back because I can just tell and um, you know I I when I I grew up uh, I didn't read a lot at all and when I was about eighteen somebody said if you want to be you know if you just want to be if you want to know more than most people know or if you want to be an expert in anything read an hour a day um, just every single day now it's funny because um, uh, Bill Gates got the same advice and he started Microsoft so I don't know what that says about <laughs> me but, but uh, <laughs> I guess I read I didn't read any coding books or something back in the day That's right but uh, you know I it's been such a habit that has just changed my life and so I wrote down I haven't read the Annie Duke book and I can't remember if I've read the Harry Brown book but if I have I I can't it, it would have been in pro I don't know when it was uh, published, but it would have had to have been 20, 30 years ago. But Well, it, it should have been published 30, 20 or 30 years ago. It was actually published in 2008, I think, after he passed. Uh, then I did not uh, read it. Okay, then I'm going to read those two for yeah, sure. I will I will send you a link to it. So I, I wrote it on on the Berg.com, B-U-R-G.com blog. So Berg.com slash blog. I did, a, uh, I did a, a review of his book. Uh, I think if, if you awesome. search under, I'll also send you the link, but if you, if you search under, when you go to the blog and you search under the secret of selling, it will, it will come up. And of course, by the way, his secret was find out what the other person wants and help them get it. Right. <laughs> but yeah, which is, you know, it, it's hard. It's funny that people just can't get sometimes to get that concept. You know, the thing that I think is cool. Now there's a teacher's guide to the go-giver too, right? I mean, I know there's the, by the way, I, I didn't mention this. I've read the 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 leader's guide, um, the influencer's guide, or the influencer go giver. So I've read. I think I I don't know how many there are, Bob, but I've read at least three yeah, of them. Four, well, there's four in the series. There's five. There's three parables and four books all together. One of them parable, okay. but yeah. So, but thank you. I appreciate you doing that. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I you know I used to order them from Amazon, and I would order them every week. And Amazon shut me off. They said I they wouldn't let me order anymore. I don't know what they thought I was doing, but um, they they literally I, I had that my my uh, um, office manager had a um, note in her calendar on this day every week I order ten books, and uh, and they shut us off. So, uh, but that's uh, I, we'll we'll. we'll I'm sure we, I think we have probably 30 or 40 of them, um, in the office in South Dakota. So, um, and, uh, uh, you know, the, so the teacher's guide, I always think of this education, all these things that we're talking about, Bob, we didn't learn these things in school, right? We didn't learn about how to, um, you know, everybody's in sales, by the way, right? Everybody is marketing something. And if I'm a doctor, I'm marketing my skills. If I'm yeah. an accountant, I'm marketing how much money I'm going to save you and how I'm going to get your books to you on time. And I'm going to do all these things is 
is we're, we don't learn these things. Is this something you're trying to take to the younger generation, get teachers out there actually teaching this? Yeah, well, we would like to see that. And what happened was yeah. right after the book came out, there was a, a teacher, a longtime educator, high school teacher uh, named Randy Stelter, who, who started just teaching right out of the book. And uh, we actually got to know him. Uh, uh, he and his wife, Maureen, and their kids, very special to me. Uh, and my parents know them. Well, I think my parents consider Randy and Maureen to be uh, their own children. You know, I mean, so we've gotten to know him really well. He also got to know John David Mann, John's wife, Anna. So um, we had a lot of trust in him and and eventually said, let's, you know, really put together a an actual teacher's guide. For this yeah and uh he really he was the lead writer for that and uh uh you know and it's in a bunch of schools but not, you know, not as many as we'd like we'd love to see it everywhere of course because it's something we really believe in but wherever it's supposed to go is it's going to and it certainly makes it easier for a high school teacher to 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 teach out of that yeah absolutely that's absolutely. Well, um, Bob, you know, I, like I said, I could talk about this all day and talk to you all day because I really have enjoyed it and I really appreciate it. Let, let me just ask you one last question I'd like to end the show with is what's the best advice anybody ever gave you? If you could just, you know. Or... Sure. Um, yeah. You know, this is really one that helped me change and adjust my attitude a lot. It made a big difference to me. And I'd been in sales for a couple of years and was doing well. Um, but sort of like Joe in the story and the go-giver, I was doing well and had a lot of potential, but there was something really keeping me from going further. And of course that something was myself, right? That's how it usually right. is. And I was in a sales slump at the time. And I remember coming back from a, uh, and I was, I was at that time I was selling a high end uh, product for a, um, high ticket product for another company. And, I remember coming back to the office after a non-selling appointment. Now, it was not a non-selling appointment by design. It was supposed to be a selling appointment, but through my own inadequacy, I, I was not able to have that sale take place. So um, that person, the prospect, wasn't able to enjoy the benefits, which would have been great for him. And of course, I didn't uh, have a, a sales commission. So it was a lose-lose instead of a win-win. And I must have had a disgusted look on my face or something because one of the guys there is an older guy. He wasn't even in the sales department. I think he retired soon afterwards, but uh, he was one of these guys. We've probably all known these, these people. Um, he didn't say much, but whenever he did say something, it was absolutely profound, right? And right. so he said, so he asked, Berg, can I share something with you? Because I think he saw me as sort of like Joe in the story. And I, I said, yeah, please, please do. And he said, Berg, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, you'll get a reward. And that reward will come in the form of money. And you can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget, he said, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target it ain't the target itself. Your target is serving others. That's awesome. That what a great um, what a great piece of advice. And obviously, you've done that. And um, you know that ties me into. You can go to berg.com 
and you can, there's a lot of resources on there. It's a great blog as, as Bob just mentioned, but do you, there's some coaching opportunities there. You can go to the gogiver.com. Is it.com? Yeah. And, um, there's some great resources there and, um, some coaching opportunities. And if you don't have a mentor that you think can help you with some of this, Bob's got opportunities out there, uh, for it. And, um, you know, I think of endless referrals and I don't remember when I read that, but, um, it, I use some of the techniques or, you know, some of the, uh, principles in that book every single day. And, um, I always feel like I don't even ask for referrals, but I just get so many referrals back that, uh, you know, I, I'm very grateful to the, to the clients that, that send people and introduce me to people. So there's a lot of information out there. Uh, Bob is Bob. You've been uh, such a great uh, guest and I appreciate you coming on the show and um, thank you so much. Our whole community uh, at breakaway wealth has been blessed. I've been blessed to have you on here. So thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. My absolute pleasure. All right, until next time, go check out some of those resources. And if you haven't read The Go-Giver, send me an email. It's free. Talk to you next time. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation. Wow, Nick, you know, listening to Bob, um, it just reminds me how good this book is. <laughs> I, I I love probably my favorite takeaway of it is is great salesmanship is never about the salesperson. It's about the other person. It's about that person whose life you're trying to touch through your product or service. And it's just he drives home, serve other people long before you think about serving yourself, if at all you do. Yeah, you know, I, when I was in my 20s and I heard Zig Ziglar say, you know, help other people get what they want, serve them, right? And you'll get what you want and more. You know, I had to hear that a lot, Nick, before I got through this thick skull of mine. But, but you know what? Bob Berg and the way that he puts it in The Go-Giver, I got it immediately. Not that I hadn't learned that over the years, but um, I think that he, he says it and he gives example and again, to me, that's the way you learn. So we're really looking forward to uh, the, the next three weeks with these episodes coming out. And until next time, just remember, whatever you think about will happen. So think positive and stay out of the herd because nothing good happens in the herd. <laughs>